I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hey, welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. Hey, this is Mike. And today, we have a really interesting episode for you with our friend, Karen Brody, who's a women's well-being and leadership expert who helps women journey from worn out to well-rested and then dream big in their work and their lives. So how would you like to be well-rested? That is what today's episode is all about. She's a certified yoga nidra instructor, and she's the founder of Daring to Rest, a yoga nidra-based self-empowerment program for women. Really interesting. If you haven't heard about yoga nidra before, we do go more deeply into it in the episode, but basically it's yogic sleeping. So it's a kind of meditation that takes you to this fourth level of consciousness that actually helps you rest and helps you be more rested on a deeper level than sleep. So if you are feeling exhausted and like you can't get enough sleep, or even if you are getting sleep, you're not feeling rested afterwards, this episode is for you and you're going to love it. Karen's recent book is called Daring to Rest, Reclaiming Your Power with Yoga Nidra. That was not the full subtitle, with Yoga Nidra Rest Meditation. And Mike and I are getting on board with Karen for her 40-day Daring to Rest Challenge, which is starting January 8th. You'll get all the details of that in the episode. And what did you think of it, honey? I loved it. This was something completely different I've never heard of before. We talk a little bit about, you know, people talk about meditation and different types of things. I believe, you know, the society that we currently are now, we're very overwhelmed. The direction, you know, we're connected to our phones. If you think back, like the iPhone is 10 years old, right? That's That's it? That's it. Wow. It's 10 years old, right? So think back 10 years ago, what, I, I can't even imagine what my, I was what, 25? I do remember what my life was at that moment in time, but like how advanced and how fast we've moved during this period of time, it's accelerated at exponential speed that we can't even put on a piece of paper, right? Just think of how our life operates now and how we are not able to operate with that without a phone, you know, or technology in that manner, the way we run our lives in the world. And so that has caused us to become very like stressed. Where do we relax? When do we check out? When do we have moments to ourselves? And I think when I was listening to this, I've tried all sorts of different types of meditation, meditation, meditation. What did I say? Meditation. You just said meditation. It's new. It's called by Mike Watts called meditation. I can't even say it the same word twice in a row. Meditation. Get your for five hundred five hundred thousand dollars. I will teach you how to be present. Just. I've tried different types of meditation as long and Kate and I, we talk a little bit about this, the episode, but it never felt relaxing to me. You know, even when I would follow the programs and do it for a period of 30 days, it always felt more like work, like something else to do. Yeah. It felt like something else to do. Whereas yogic sleep, I will tell you, I have done it. It is awesome. And I have rarely felt so blissful as I did after a yoga nidra. Wow. That is a good sales pitch right there. And I haven't tried it yet, but I'm looking forward and I'm ready to dive in because this is very interesting to me and I'm pretty excited to try it. We're going on a trip pretty soon with the family or actually probably by the time this comes out, the trip's already over, but I'm going to start doing it when we're down there. 
Looking forward to it. We're going to go to Florida and yogic sleep. Yes. So enjoy the episode. Have fun. Welcome, Karen. We're so thrilled to have you. Hey, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks. Yeah. So you and I met, which I shared a little bit in the intro, because you had joined our Freedom Family, our USANA team. But I knew of you already because of your birth play. So can you talk to us, just kind of like bring us back to a little bit about your journey, how you got started being sort of a I don't know if you would call yourself a birth activist, but I would probably call you a birth activist, a playwright. And then we'll kind of talk about how you transitioned into what you're doing now about empowering women to rest, which is you and I are so on the same page with that. (laughs) But how did the birth thing come about? Yeah, well, I would really call myself a curious writer and a mom. And I was just, I'd had my first child And I was hanging out in the park. Honestly, he was just breastfeeding at the time. So I wasn't doing very much except talking to other moms. I didn't have to run after him. Like when they get older and they all start running and you're just never talking to anyone except running, (laughs) wiping snot off of people, little babies. But, you know, when they're little, they're not mobile. And so I had a lot of talking time with moms and I... I had just had a really special home birth experience and I started meeting a whole range of moms and those birth stories were kind of alarming. (laughs) And I just felt really passionate. I've always felt passionate about women's stories, about women's issues. I have a a background in women and international development. That's my master's degree. And I was in the Peace Corps and I spent years as a community organizer with women's groups in Brooklyn and Latin America and Kenya. And so it just all came together in this one moment of talking to women in the park about their birth experiences, thinking, I just want to know more. I want to hear more. And so I just started interviewing them. And I interviewed 118 women about their birth experiences. And I thought, this is a birth crisis. Nobody, what's going on? I've never, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I was in my little birth bubble of deciding to have a midwife. And that wasn't actually, I mean, that can be a whole nother podcast of why I decided to have a midwife. But you know, I mean, I didn't come from any background of earthy, crunchy, anything of midwifey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but I ended up making that choice. And it was a really positive experience for me. And then I heard so many women, really bright, intelligent women who had really negative birth experiences. And I was alarmed and I wanted to write about it. So anyway, I interviewed these 118 women and then I thought I was writing a book about their experiences. And I really wanted it to come from the mothers. I realized there was a lot, There were, actually, when I looked into the data, there were so many alarming statistics about birth that, you know, 30% plus C-section rates when the World Health Organization only says 15% or less is what's acceptable normal. And, and then I started seeing, you know, many hospitals even had 40% or higher C-section rates. And none of these women knew this information. But I wanted the story to come from mothers. I wanted this to be mothers telling the story of birth. So I was really clear about that. And I thought I was writing a book. But then after actually practicing yoga nidra meditation, I started getting these hits in my yoga nidra meditation that it's not a book, it's a play. Wow. It's a play. And they came almost, well, what I call in my Daring to Rest method, these soul whispers that we get, where when we finally slow down, we start hearing the truth. A lot of these truths, a lot of these, you know, I don't believe in 
meditation or anything like that is making you more productive, so to speak, but we begin to hear the truest path for ourselves. It points us back to our true nature. And so suddenly, I mean, for me, it was like I was scribbling on napkins, these phrases that I had heard women say, but suddenly I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a, this sounds like the vagina monologues, like a play, you know? And that's what people have called it, the vagina monologues for childbirth, because I envisioned women getting up and telling their stories and women in communities all over the world doing this to really put pregnant women center stage and tell the story of birth and not judge birth or present the statistics or anything like that. Also, I felt stories are the way to people's hearts and through their hearts, they can make better informed decisions. So I felt like it all came together, honestly, when I was practicing yoga nidra, because suddenly after the yoga nidra, I got these soul whispers about it's a play, it's not a book. And then when I was taking my kids to the park, because I now had two kids at that time, and honestly, we'd get in the minivan, get to the park, and suddenly I had another boom, like soul whisper, here it comes. And so I'd take a napkin out and I'd start writing on napkins in my car parts of the play. The play was just coming. And I told my husband, I'm going to write a play. And he was like, um, you've never written a play. <laughs> you can't write a play. <laughs> and I just said, you know, there's, I had such clarity in practicing yoga nidra meditation that I could write a play. If I wanted to write a play, I was going to write a play. This is a play. It's not a book. I said, it's not a book. I've been trying to write a book. And I even had written an article that I won't name the magazine, but a really high profile magazine wanted me to write on spec a piece that was then killed at the last minute. I was really frustrated about it. It was bringing all these stories together. And I said, okay, it's not a big magazine article. It's not a book. It's a play. Mm. There, the play Birth was born. Birth the play. <laughs> People know it as. It? It's called Birth. I have not seen it. And I really want to see it. Is it. It's still produced around the world, isn't it? Yeah, it's all over. You know, it's really has, I would say, a life of its own. It's been translated into three other languages. It's had over 75, well, it's had productions, many more than 75, but over 75 cities in the world. And it's raised over a million dollars to improve maternity care, which I'm really proud about. Yeah, so so it was just in Bend, Oregon. It's going to be so many places this coming year. People just honestly you know, they apply online and they just do it in their communities and they they make a difference in their communities. A lot of things have been changed because of it. I'm excited. A lot of birth has improved in a lot of communities because of it. Because of this. And if somebody like me wants to go see a production of it, um, what's the website that I would check out? Well, you go to birththeplay.org. Okay. But a lot of people apply there. Many times we update the locations. We don't always because many of the locations, they sell their own tickets. Do it. Some years we sold tickets and and it went through us, but now it all goes through. Okay. So I could just Google it too. Yeah. People will find it, but birththeplay.org. Oregon, or people can email us through that. Okay. So I have a question for you regarding birth. You know, like my mother-in-law is Dr. Christian Northrop. Many people that have given birth or a woman and care about their health have probably read some sort of her book and kind of the work that you're doing, Birth to Play, and the book that you put out, et cetera. But like, how is this even, like why, it's almost like we're re- now, I don't, you know, I've gone to birth class with Kate, et cetera. I was there when she was in labor you know, and Penelope was born, but like, I feel like we have to go, we're like, have to rediscover the natural way to do birth almost. I don't know if I'm saying this correctly or not, but like, 
How did we even get so far off track? Wow. It's a great question. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like, you're like, yeah, because like all these horrible birth experiences and, you know, and like you did a whole play about like talking to these 118 women, but like, how did we even get here? Like, why is this even? Well, you know, it's interesting in the play. I actually ask, well, I knew I wanted the audience to be engaged in the play as well as the women telling their stories. And there's a woman who, when she's giving birth, she finds this mantra, my body rocks. And then the doulas get the whole audience chanting my body rocks. And everyone loves that moment where the mom's chanting my body rocks and the doulas are chanting my body rocks. And I think that there has been the medicalization of birth, you know, for centuries and women in particular have been, unfortunately they have, been silenced and they forget that their bodies rock. They've forgotten. And so, you know, we have been told that our bodies are dirty. We have been told that we are only here to reproduce and that we don't do it very well. We're in our, you know, the area is not big enough to push a baby out. All of these things that are false, false information. And again, there's been a concerted effort in the whole history of women and medicine. And there's a wonderful book by Barbara. Oh, 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 the name escapes me. We're, we can put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's Matt, can you just pull up Barbara, uh, and we'll figure <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> Aaron Reich, Aaron, Aaron Reich, I think, yeah. But uh, yeah, well, Barbara, uh, and, and Barbara, uh, <laughs> she is a uh, because you read that and you go, uh, uh, uh. You just can't stop uhing because you really, she is, she takes you, and Deidre English, the two women wrote the book, but they wrote this incredible book that looks at the history of women and medicine and, and how we've been treated and that we have been silenced in many ways. And in birth, that has happened very much so. Women have forgot that what they know is how to give birth. Yeah. They've been told they don't know, that Do they're not. Do you recall the name of that book or no? I'm going to actually, you know, it sits on my bedside table and I can't believe I don't know the name. It's, it's, uh, it's very, I can take out my phone and Google it, but great book. It'll come to you. It'll come to you. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it, I feel like it's, I always tell women in all of my programs, it's required reading really. And especially when I'm talking about rest too, because women and the rest cures, and the way women were silenced again when they became invalids in the 1880s and they were told to go and rest. And while rest is a great cure to help us, you know, feel better in many ways, back then it was really used to silence women and to keep them domesticated. It was the time of the Industrial Revolution and women had lost their position in the whole role of being, a, you know, they were in the agrarian society, they were more involved in their community. Now they were basically, honestly, just in the home to take care of kids and to basically be the domestic household person. So if they wanted to be a writer like Charlotte Perkins Gilman or Virginia Woolf, many women ended up going crazy and just, they became invalids. They had madness or other things. And then doctors prescribed what was called a rest cure. And this is talked about in that book, the uh, book by Barbara, uh, you know, and, <laughs> and really it was, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to read because now I feel like we're hopefully changing this paradigm of, there were a few women that spoke out and said, this is ridiculous. We're being told to 
stay in bed and do nothing for the rest of our lives. But actually, the reason we're going mad is because we are doing nothing. We're at home doing nothing. But it's different now today, but it's the same principle, the idea that we need rest and yet rest is seen as weakness so many times. And we're, we're sort of lost in this cycle of wanting to be strong and therefore not rest. Anyway, it's a, it's a, whole, it's a whole paradigm shift. So your new book is called... Hold, hold, hold on. Oh. I, uh, before we go <laughs> that direction, I'm on this birth topic. So, <laughs> we're still on. Yeah, we're coming yeah. around to rest. No, we are but coming around. It all connects. It all connects. It all connects. But, okay, so think about, like, you know, let's just say 50 years from now, right? What would be an ideal society when it comes to birth, like, in your vision you know, because what it's been very medicalized, right? And now we're at this place where this Barbara um, wrote this great book that we're going to figure out what the title is. But like, so if there's never been, I uh, maybe there has at one point in time, but now it became this very medicalized, like what would be an ideal, much more place where like your body rocks place that people are giving birth? Like what is a I guess like a healthier, happier, more experienced. Now every woman's going to, you know, every birth story is much right. is different than everyone else. So, but like, I guess the general topic around, or the general idea of what would be a kind of a better situation. Cause what I do hear a lot in these conversations and circles about what's wrong with things, but I've never asked the question or nobody's ever talked about like in 30 years, this would be an idea. Like, is it like the farm that happens in Tennessee or is it, is there another way to do this? That's a little bit more healing for everyone. Well, I think first of all, you know, everyone's ideal looks different. Yeah. So I never speak. People are really shocked actually when they see my play, my play is not about having a home birth. It's not about having a natural birth even really it's a very individual choice and my body rocks isn't about you know chanting my body rocks <laughs> you know it's 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 about again pointing birthing in your truest nature you don't reside in fear or the opposite of fear even trust you reside in that space in between and you find your voice and so i think to me the best situation for women giving birth is when they have their voice when they listen to themselves and they have their voice and they create what works not out of fear right now we're creating out of fear, Got most, it. you know? And so when they create from a place, that space between that fear or trust, not grabbing onto trust for holy hell or, or grabbing onto fear, you know, they're in the space between, which is actually when you give birth, that's transition. That's when you hold, you're not in the either, or you're not, you have to push the fucking baby out <laughs> in transition at that point. So when you finally, release the baby, you accept that there's fear. Yes, I can do this. And yes, I don't think I can do it. Yeah, It's both. It is absolutely both. And I mean, that's just an intellectual way or sort of intellectual way of talking about it because you're not thinking, you're out of your mind. Yes. You're in the mystery. You are in the space between. And that is your power. You're in the full light. And if women can find the light and whatever that looks like, some people it's in a pool of water, some people it is in the hospital. And many people, if certainly if they're high risk, if they're truly high risk, and that's a whole nother long discussion, 12 podcasts can be done on that. But, you know, if they're truly high risk, then absolutely, they absolutely need medical care. And thank God we have it. Yes, right. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think there's, 
No, people are very surprised when they see my play because there are women talk about C-sections as, as things that were really traumatic. And there are women who have talked about C-sections as very healing. Yeah. Hmm. And it's a very different way. You can decide to have a C-section and it can be from that space between, or you can decide to have a C-section from the place of fear of, oh my God, I'm going, you know, and there's no judgment of any of it because, you know, it's all... It's a mystery. And, you know, the bottom line is I say to women, just be informed, have your eyes open and don't not know. Don't not know. Because if, you know, knowledge is power, not knowledge, not book knowledge, get out, stop reading the books, especially the last trimester. I would say put the books away. (laughs) This is when you go into the yoga nidra cave, your rest cave, the last trimester, you get informed in the beginning, and then you put it all away. And then you just hang out in your body and your, you know, your breath and, and people who are positive about you doing, supporting you to be you. Yeah. So, yeah. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. I guess I was looking for like, what's the solution, but really, you know, it's like my there brain. Isn't one. Right. I know there isn't <laughs> yeah. one, but I guess there, gonna, yeah. what I'm hearing would be like a solution or I guess that would satisfy my solution need or whatever that may be. But it's just like, it's trusting, it's, it's knowing the information, you know, it's learning a little bit about the information, which you just shared, like the first two trimesters, you know, it's, it's be informed in the last one you talk about rest, which we're going to dive into here, but it's like really trusting. It's like knowing our own bodies and, and trusting ourselves, which we've been told in so many different formats, men, as well as women, like, you know, you can't trust yourself. You got to take this pill or take this diet or do this workout. And this is the only way you're going to get this, 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 and this. And I think with around, I mean, I never forget when Kate was in the middle of labor and our midwives, we were at the house and the midwives said that they've never, they haven't seen a, like very few women have labored the way Kate did. And, and she's been doing this for 30 years. Like she hasn't seen a labor like this in like 15 years is what she told me. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, I'm this is the first labor I've ever experienced. So besides watching those videos, right? And on the videos, it's all the blissful moments or whatever that may be. <laughs> and, but I just remember like when Kate was in labor, she was really in her body. Like there was no, there was no getting out of that for her. Like in really trusting yourselves. And I can see why that fear could come up in other, like the, with the examples you're talking about right here can happen and how, if Kate wasn't like really in herself and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I have a contraction. Like I start freaking out to a certain degree. And I don't really know. I'm anybody listening to this, please don't take me serious. Like take me seriously, but I'm don't kind of know what I'm talking about in, in a way. So I'm asking questions around it, but yeah, I can see with what you're talking about. It's like really a lot of this is really diving back into understanding who we actually individual. We are like me, Mike understanding Mike, Kate, understanding Kate, Karen, understand Karen. Yeah. You know, Kind of what yeah. I, I I never you know I, I I can't predict even sometimes certain people who seem earthy crunchy you know they want a medical birth and that's true for them and people who are completely corporate are doing things that are, seem like the hippie dippy whatever yeah. you know everyone's very different when they find that truth and yeah I don't know I think right now there's still a lot of people birthing from fear. Yeah, it's it's the culture we're in. And again, I had a different birth experience. But what I found in that park sitting and talking to moms 
was a lot of pain and a lot of fear and decisions made out of fear and pain. And these are very educated women. And I could not believe that so many educated women were having what Naomi Wolf called in a book of hers, Misconception, which is now an older book. It's late 90s, but she called them ordinary bad birth experiences. Mm -hmm. A lot of ordinary bad birth experiences. And it has shifted in some ways. There's been, there's been more of a consciousness raising. I have seen changes. Statistics are even changing and improving, but it's not where it needs to be. And a lot of it comes from a fear mentality. That's how we sell things, right? That's yes. how infomercials sell, you know, you're going to buy the rower because you want to lose weight because they tell you you're a fat slob. I mean, you know, we have to remember that we're perfect. We're always perfect you know, and that can only be found, I think, through a very, getting very quiet and getting very, getting to a place where you do practices that, I mean, I would say restful practices, maybe not just yoga nidra meditation, but restful practices that help us find that place again, that inner stillness and not just rest, but like movement as well. You can find it through movement. Movement's very healing, also takes you back to truth, that space between Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, in the, also talk to lots and lots of mothers about their birth experience, not 118, but um, but quite a few. (laughs) And it does really strike me that some women just, it doesn't occur to them that there's another option other than just doing what their doctor says. And it's like, we just wouldn't occur to them because they were never told. So that's why just that getting the information, I think, is so important. Just becoming informed and then making the best decision for you based on the information that you have. Because that's, I think that's what the biggest problem is, is like, is just women aren't armed with information. They just haven't been told. No. Right. And they don't understand there's there's a medical model and there is I would call it a midwifery model, but you know, there's the medical model gives you every hospital's a little different, some twelve hours, some twenty-four hours to actually give birth. And if you're not giving birth then then you're induced. And then you go down the intervention and yes. maybe next into you know, because induction is an artificial way of getting a contraction. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. See? And I think I'm actually really well informed. Know that some hospitals give you 12 hours to get the baby out. Some give you 24. Oh, wow. I knew that. I I did not know that. I knew that they like to move things along, but I didn't know it was like a set. It's it's a clock. Yeah. 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 You're on the clock when you get into the hospital. Those are run as businesses, which is very scary. I mean, I'm a huge believer in business, but not in all realms. Well, after my play came The Business of Being Born, the film The Business of Being Born by Ricky Lake, and that informed a lot of people that showed them inside the hospital rooms, inside those labor and delivery halls, how they have charts that, you know, they have charts that tell you mother's eight hours in and she did see that film. I guess I just sort of like forgot that part. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's hard to take it all in. It is hard to take it all in, especially when you are pregnant. (laughs) Absolutely. It is. And yeah, you almost need like a little study guide or study group <laughs> I know <laughs> things no. like that because there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to f- films like that and and there's a lot of layers to my play you know that you can have discussions forever about the intricacies of birth but the reality is is that we are in a very medicalized world and typically I mean things are shifting I would say it was 
vastly different when I wrote my play because even the American Medical Association, they used to not allow, they, they would discourage VBACs of vaginal birth after cesareans. And now they actually have a statement saying they, cause, because the evidence shows that it's okay. Yeah. But they used to scare women to say your uterus is going to rupture the second right. time. Well, there's a small percentage, but usually only if they're induced. And so ah. if you don't have an induction... And it depends what kind of C-section right, you had before. I'm not going to become the doctor here, but what I will say is just... This podcast is not medical. <laughs> we should bring your mom in. <laughs> you know, she'll, she'll be able to answer these, those yeah. kinds of questions. But, but yeah, but there's lots of layers to things and people just have to really, honestly, you know, just again, I wrote the play because I didn't want people to say, I didn't know. I didn't know this. Yes, right. That's the big thing. Oh, I didn't know. And, you know, so transitioning now to the work that you're doing more current day, one of the things that, you know, I talk about a lot in our origin community and sort of with this whole do less philosophy is the power of listening to our own bodies, listening to our own cycles and actually resting when our bodies want to rest because there's actually a divine design for that in the creative cycle that if we rest when we want to rest, it's actually really, I mean, this sounds kind of like I'm trying to trick myself into resting, which I will fully admit, I still have to sort of trick myself into resting. But the truth (laughs) is like when I rest, when I'm tired, I actually am more productive at other times. Now that's only one of the reasons to do it, (laughs) but it is like, it is true. Like there is a divine plan. It's not like when I rest, I just then fall off the face of the planet and become, you know, a non-contributing member of society, (laughs) which I think is, you know, ultimately like that's the fear. Like what's going to happen if I rest? My world is, you know, my kids won't get fed. You know, my whole family will fall apart. No money will be made. You know, the laundry will, like, it's like this, that the world will fall apart. So how did you discover this work with rest and specifically the yoga nidra meditation, which I guess if you wouldn't mind just describing that, it would be wonderful for those who haven't experienced this miraculous (laughs) yoga napping, which is really like the coolest thing ever. Well, first of all, yeah, for people who don't know what yoga nidra is, it's a sleep-based meditation technique. So nidra means sleep and yoga just comes from the yogic tradition. Dude, I'm all over this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. No, it's not. That's the way I felt when I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is basically a nap. (laughs) And it's deeper because there's like some yogic consciousness thing going on, right? Because that's when I saw a whole bunch of women lying down at a yoga studio practicing yoga nidra. I just honestly just wanted what they got. And I didn't know what it was, but it looked pretty fantastic. They looked deeply relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. And I found it actually when my kids were two, about two and well, when my kids were two and four, I was about three years in from taking, from having started when they were very young, taking anti-anxiety pills. So I started having panic attacks when they were really young. And actually I and my family had a history of panic attacks. This, and I thought, oh, well, okay, since my father had panic attacks, I'll have panic attacks too. You know, it started in college and I thought it didn't happen often. But then when I had my second child, it really, you know, I was exhausted. I don't think I'd slept for two years. <laughs> and I mean, I just was so depleted. I was running like 
driving past stop signs, you know, not stopping at the stop signs, running over curbs. I was really a tired mama. And so one day I just basically got a horrible panic attack in a supermarket aisle. And my friend took me to the emergency room and I thought I was dying. And they basically told me this is panic because they checked everything else out. And three years later, I was taking these anti-anxiety pills. And again, I was super holistic mama. Remember, I had two home births, so I barely took an Advil. So to be on you know, anti-anxiety medication was huge. I mean, I said I was going to do it for six months. Three years later, I was still on them. And that's when I was just thinking really of taking a bendy stretchy yoga class at a yoga studio near my kid's preschool. And I was working again and everything. And when I dropped them off, instead, I saw these women lying down taking a yogic nap, this yoga nidra meditation. And I just, my instinct was like, oh my gosh, I need a nap. I need a nap. I'm putting the kids down for a nap because they're cranky. And I am so cranky. And I so need a nap. And in that year after I, when I started napping every Friday, I had 12 p.m. I went to my yoga nidra meditation class at 12 noon. I immediately felt just more rested in my body, just physically. I felt like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't realize how exhausted I was until I laid down to take a nap. And then I really began to, well, one had all these soul whispers, these hits about my play, which became my play. You know, so creatively, I was on fire for the first time in a long time because I had interviewed these women, but I really was spinning and going nowhere with it. And then within the year, I really, not with any intention, but suddenly I realized, well, I'm ready to go off the anti-anxiety pills. Like, why do I need these? And it led me to a woman who I worked with a little bit, and then I threw them down the toilet, the anti-anxiety pills. And I, I realized it helped on so many levels that I just, I wanted the whole world to have what I got, <laughs> and especially moms. And so I started these 40-day nap quest for mom online experiences, where it's like, because I see yoga nidra meditation, it's sleep-based meditation. Who doesn't want to lay down? But it's also like a vision quest. So it's almost like napping meets vision quest. <laughs> it points you back to your true nature. And all you have to do is nothing. Just follow a guided voice. It's a guided meditation. You follow the guided voice. You lay down. And you can fall asleep if you do. Your subconscious mind still hears the voice that is guiding you. You are invited to stay like alert and awake during it, which really is just like a restful, eyes are closed. And you're more or less asleep, but you're conscious. You're yep. kind of, you're aware that you're being guided, things like that. And it's just super powerful on so many, so many levels. And by the way, I mean, I'm a member of Origin, as you know, and like, I really resonated with everything you're talking about, about this rhythm, these cycles, we, and when we're not tapped into them, when we're not at least trying to live in rhythm, you have an awareness around rhythm, because there's no perfection yep. around any of this, right? And I mean, daring to rest is my medicine as well. That's why I'm sharing the medicine because it's my medicine. It's my mindfulness bell, my reminder to do that because it helps bring me back into rhythm. But whenever we remember to come back into rhythm, that's when we feel our best. That's when we feel our most vibrant. Yeah. And, you know, 
that's something that I feel yoga nidra meditation does for me every single time I lie down. Like it's like, oh, right. The to-do list is not that important, everything, or at least what used to be so important. What really matters. Yeah. Yeah. So how long does it take on average? Well, the, the shortest yoga nidra meditation is 15 minutes Okay. Uh, because you can't really go into that deep yoga sleep without about 15 minutes. And then the longest isn't more than about 45 minutes. Okay. You don't usually go more than Do you practice every day? At the moment I do. I've had Uh different times in my life where I'm not, but I'm not a, you know, when people ask me, how much do you practice? I wake up and check in with myself. Honestly, this morning, I've been doing it most mornings, pretty much every morning. This morning, my husband was up early as well. And we just sat and talked for a while. And that that was my yoga nidra. (laughs) Honestly, it was a really nice connection time. And I felt really relaxed getting out of bed, just having that connection time. So, you know, it didn't happen. And maybe it won't happen today. I don't know. I'm not putting it on my agenda as something that I have to do. But now, because I've done it for so long, it's just a part of my lifestyle. Yeah. If somebody was just starting out, like, say, Mike or so. Um, <laughs> a this, tired dad. This sounds yeah. Or my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, would you make it more something like, not that we have to do, we get to do, right? Yes. But like, would you schedule it? Would you say recommend to kind of put this in your daily agenda to say, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So absolutely. I mean, when you're new to anything really to make it stick, you got to commit to it. And so, so absolutely. I mean, my yoga nidra class at 12 noon every Friday was my date, my nap date, you know, with myself. So I always tell people, absolutely put it in on their agenda. And sometimes I tell people to trick themselves and like write physical therapy because they wouldn't miss physical therapy, right? But they would, (laughs) if it was like meditation or a nap, they would say, oh, I don't have time for that. But put it down as something that you're going to take really seriously and commit to it. Yeah. Do you listen to a guided one? Because you can't really do it for yourself, right? Like you have to, I mean, does that work? Yes, people do guided yoga nidra. That is what yoga nidra is. It's a guided meditation. When you're a yogi and you've been doing it for years, and even I've been doing it many years, I mean, I can guide myself through it. Okay. but Like your average person. No, when you're just starting out, you use the guide. And I mostly use guided yoga nidra meditations, not... You know, I don't guide it myself just if I'm somewhere and I don't have it. I might, but yeah, no, people would guide. It's a guided meditation, sleep based, because it basically takes you into deep sleep brainwaves and beyond to a fourth state of consciousness. So in sleep, you go from waking to dreaming to deep sleep. And deep sleep is very restorative if you ever get to it. But many people don't actually. They even get to deep sleep. And that's why we have depression and we have people who have, you know, they're not feeling restored at the end of a full night. They're not getting into deep sleep. And so yoga nidra actually takes you there. It almost reteaches you how to sleep. And then it takes you to this even yummier place, which is called Turiya. It's a fourth state of consciousness. You cannot get there with conventional sleep. It's where you are literally, I mean, as you go deeper into sleep brain waves, you less thoughts run through your brain. So you feel more relaxed. But in the fourth state of consciousness, you literally have no thoughts that run through. You are in what Yogi Amrit Desai calls the zero stress zone. You're 
thoughtless. And in that place, that's when the healing, the deep restoration occurs. In deep sleep, it occurs as well. But again, many people can't get to sleep anymore. So because right. they can't get to sleep, what happens is they never feel restored. And they so go, even if you're sleeping, you're not necessarily getting the restorative sleep. And so Yoga right. Nidra sort of repairs that yeah. so that you can get the restorative sleep from your sleep, but then you're also getting restored from the Yoga Nidra yeah. and right. reaching this fourth state of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two other question, follow-up questions. Okay. Can I uh, sure. <laughs> do you have like, is there, do you just Google like yoga nidra meditations or do you have somebody that you like? Like if somebody's going to do this, like I wanted to do this at my, at home, but I can see if there's a place locally that does this as well. Do you have them on your website? I have them on my website. Yes. At daringtoresh.com. And, but you know, you can go Google Yoga Nidra as well. And you, there are studios that do it okay. and more and more. In fact, I just wrote a piece for Mind Body Green uh, called the Five Day Rest Cleanse. And, you know, because it's based on my book, which is a 40 day rest cleanse, essentially. But that piece, uh, the it was funny, the, the journalist who reached out to me to write it, she said, you know, Yoga Nidra is becoming the it Thing. Like we're seeing in New York, it used to be the sound baths, the sound meditation. Now she, she said the next level is Yoga Nidra. They're starting to be guiding people. There's many more studios that are doing Yoga Nidra meditation. So not every, it's not everywhere yet, but, you know, in a lot of I major you We have it around here in Portland. Yeah, look it up. I've it only done clusters. it two times, once with you on the phone, which was amazing. And then another time I was at Wanderlust in West Virginia and I was so tired. I'm really, really affected by altitude. And we were at the top of the mountain. Oh, me too. I'm and I sure. was like dragging. I mean, I was exhausted. And we went in for this. It was 20 minutes. And I swear to you, it was like I had gotten a solid nine hours of sleep. We left. I was with two girlfriends. We'd all been, we were dragging ass going into there. And we left not only feeling well rested, but like in bliss. Yes, there's a glow. There's a yoga nidra glow. There's a yoga nidra glow. Yeah, and it's almost indescribable. And here's the thing that they have done studies that 45 minutes feels like about three hours of, you know, of sleep in the body. But many people would even say it feels more like 20 minutes could feel yeah. like nine hours. And you know, everybody's really different with exactly how much it feels like. But it, as a mom, this was like this kind of sleep I needed because you, don't, you can't, you know, especially with little ones, you can't get that sleep. You're, and with really little ones, newborns, you're not going to get the sleep you need. So you need to have sleep work for you instead of you work for sleep. Yeah, it's such <laughs> that's a do less do way of sleeping. It's like you get more sleep in less time. I mean, I so hate to do that to it because that's no, not like, I know it's, it's not, not really but that's point, but. honestly, but that's honestly, that's why I initially signed up and laid down because someone told me, that 45 minutes feels like three hours of sleep. And I went, boom. Um, you know, right? That, like that feels so efficient. That's what well, I need. I want to frame this in Mike's mind way okay. of doing this. So basically, if I practice this yoga nidra practice, I will feel more rested, which allows me to produce more things, which will allow me to make more money, which will allow me to do other <laughs> things with that money, you know, help people as well as take trips or whatever. So this is a beneficial thing for that to happen because I won't be so tired. Yeah. 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 I sleep more now than I've ever sleep. I slept in my entire life and I don't feel like I'm ever like, I sleep more now than I ever have. And I never feel rested. 
So can you tell us why, Karen, that is? Because you really went into that beautifully in your book, Daring to Rest. Why is it exactly that we are sleeping but not feeling rested? And this started once I had a kid. Well, I mean, you know, again, you know, many people, I don't know you specifically, I'm not going to be the medical expert, but, (laughs) you know, we're not going into deep sleep. We're on alert. We never power down fully and we've forgotten how to power down. And so there is always a piece of us, especially parents, as parents of young kids too, because there could be a child in the middle of the night or, you know, needing you, or even if there's not, even if your child is a, sleeps through the night, parents have this, you know, part of them that stays awake to listen for an emergency. So, I mean, I don't know exactly in your case, but, you know, there are many, many people are not feeling restored from sleep. And I think in general, we are learning this art of powering down, of doing nothing. Mm. And when you talk about yoga nidra or this practice in any way, this nap, helping you to be more productive, I would just say it actually helps you to have no agenda and in that no agenda, see what rises because the productivity piece, and I know it's a great marketing tool necessarily because people are more productive and they, you know, I, I just had three emails this morning about women who not just productivity, but they were emailing me about insomnia. They were day 16 of my program and they're sleeping through the night, you know, things like that. And yes, that's yoga nidra and you, you can benefit like that, but there are, layers of why people would practice it. And it isn't just to be more productive, but does it help you be more productive? It has for me. It helps me get through the day. Like as a mom, I used to practice it for a long time. When my kids were younger, I would practice it right before dinner time. And I would kind of train them that, I mean, this is when they got to about seven and nine, I would train them. They had had a little sign, mommy snapping or whatever. And I would do my 20 minutes and then I would start cooking dinner because if I cooked dinner and went into the whole nighttime routine, which can just be like, just, you know, choke me, kill me, you know, I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I love my kids, but please go to bed. It's time. I'm done. Threshold over. over. Yeah. (laughs) And so I knew that I needed like, honestly, a cup of coffee, either some counterfeit energy a cup of coffee, a chocolate bar, something, or I needed rest. And yoga nidra was my real energy, not the counterfeit energy. And I'm not putting down having a cup of coffee if you want one or whatever, but the reality is we grab a lot of counterfeit energy because we don't have any power. And yoga nidra is the true power. Is You know. All right, that answers my question. That's amazing. So what are, what are you seeing? So these two women emailed you and it's, you know, you're, so you're daring to rest as a 40 day program, but you also, don't you offer an full, like a, also a more guided program on your website as well? Yeah, there's, um, Sometimes. I, I, I have, <laughs> From time to time. <laughs> I have offered every year. In fact, the reason I wrote my book is because my book, a lot of the practices were being refined in my immersion program. I used to run a, an immersion program that was all of these daring to rest methods. They all sort of came together in a nine month program. I also, on my site, I offer a year long program that okay, women can cool. do. And it's a week by week, you get a new meditation oh, awesome. uh, and a bit of guidance, cheerleading from me. But 
it's transformational when you commit to it. And at the end of the year, I always, many women will send me an email and just say, you know, I was dealing with an autoimmune issue and I, this got me through this year and I feel so much better and I feel the inflammation is down and all these other types of things. It it helps in many, many ways. Meditation helps in many ways. Yoga Nidra is meditation. It's sleep-based, but it is a meditation. So all the benefits of meditation and sleep. I love that you don't have to do anything though. I know, I know. I, I am resistant <laughs> to meditating, I will say. I feel great when I meditate, yeah. but I don't do it very often. And I'm resistant because, and I know this is a perception issue, but it is, I have a perception that I have to do something when I'm meditating. And it feels like, like I don't want to do anything. And so the promise of Yoga Nidra that I can show up and not do anything and still get the benefits is really powerful for me and hopefully for other people listening. Yeah, I call it like a good idea. Yeah, I call it I call yoga nidra meditation with a cherry on top because, you know, I was a meditator for well, now it's 30 years ago that I started meditating. And really, I found meditation after my father passed away. And I was really lost and happy to have found it. And it was a great anchor for me. But honestly, as much as I loved meditation, it did feel a bit like work or, you know, either I was following a breath, following a mantra or sitting up straight or whatever it was. I just wanted to lie down. Yeah. (laughs) And Yoga Nidra allows you to lie down and not just that check out lie down, but it's a check in lie down. Mm -hmm. So I hate to use that word productive again, but some more productive now. (laughs) But check, but I like that as opposed to just zoning out, you're really like tuning in. That feels really it's beautiful. It's, it's all right. You're using the masculine feminine words here. So it's good. You're balancing it out. There you go. We're Yeah, that's right. We're in that space between. And if, you know what, if a promise of a little more productivity gets somebody to do it and then they realize that the benefits are Others, so yeah. much bigger than that. Yeah. And that was my thing. Because right? I, I wanted more sleep. I actually didn't want, I certainly, the space between or whatever the heck I'm talking about. You know, I mean, I wasn't looking for any of that. Right. I, it's this fourth state of consciousness that sounds fine, but who cares about that? I want to sleep. You know, I want rest. I want whatever it is, less inflammation in my body. A guy emailed me the other day, and I mostly focus on women, actually, but he emailed me. He's been doing my yoga nidra meditations, and he has a medical condition. He didn't share what it was, but he just said it's been transformational for him. He said he just he feels more energy every day. He's never been able to really get out of bed with any energy, and he's feeling light and full of energy, and that makes me happy. It really, you know... Again, I don't know. Everyone has a different life, and you can't... You know, you can't say this is going to help you to sleep for sure, because if you have 10 TVs in your room and your phone by your bed, listen, all bets are off. (laughs) I don't know what to say. (laughs) There's some common sense in there of certain things, Hmm. you know, but this is one way. And back to what you were talking about and what Origin talks about, about rhythm and tapping into rhythm. Uh, that is something that Yoga Nidra helps remind you. It's a, it's a reminder that oh, wow, yeah, okay, you remember that, oh, yeah, maybe I'm, if I'm so tired, maybe I should go to bed by 9.30 or 10, you know, which in Ayurvedic medicine by 10, you know, it's healthier to go to bed, but, you know, you're burning that midnight oil. Listen, as a parent, we have to flex. As an entrepreneur, sometimes we have to burn the midnight oil, but it's like there's a give and receive, and if you give, 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 
And I was the, you know, like queen of give, give, give and the PhD in burnout because of it. You have to learn the receive piece. And Yoga Nidra helps remind you, it gives you that receive. It's very feminine practice. It gives you the receiving piece, but it also reminds you that it's an exchange. It's an exchange. There's an in-breath and there's an out-breath. Right. It's not just "Ah, in, hold your breath, go. Right, right, exactly. You You know, that's what I used to do. Like, I'll build a house today. Yeah, let's do it. So now that everyone on this podcast, including myself, is sold, where do you start (laughs) on your website? Like, where do you go? Like, what's the best recommendation you have for folks? Like, because there's, I see lots of options. I would go to the new book. I would get the book. Erinteress.com, by the way. Yeah, so, so get the book, which is a 40 the, day practice. Yeah. And if you get the book by January 8th or just be, you know, in the oh. new year, there's a book bonus that you can join me for the 40 day program. I'm doing it awesome. through Facebook live. You can have my support. I'll answer questions, things like that. And there's like a whole global community of women, uh, like a nap club for women that will be happening starting January 8th for 40 Ooh. days. We're going to be basically going through the book, journeying through the book. So every person who's purchased the book as a thank you can join this nap club for women that's global and it's really exciting. And so I would go get the book, get the book. When and when you get, when's your book out? It's out. It's now. out. Right it's now. out. Okay. It's yeah, out. I, and when you, I just got confused. But get it January. before January 8th yes. for the bonus of the 40 day version of the program with you. Exactly. You get it with me. And when you get it, some people are afraid, oh, it's just a book. And how am I going to meditate if I have just a book? Well, there's page 27. When you get the book, there's a link. Sounds true. My my publisher gives people a URL that they can go to to download three yoga nidra meditations that I've recorded. And in the back of the book, they're written out as well. So some people have a voice preference. They don't really might not like my voice. I hope they do. But you know, I have a voice preference too. So you can also record them on your iPhone or whatever you want to do. Do we have this book? We do have this book. Great. Yeah. Are you reading it? Yeah, I've read it. Okay. So can I have it? Yeah, well, it's on the Kindle right now, but I think we need a physical. Oh, yeah. I'll order. We're going to get a physical copy. Um, What is your voice preference? Well, my voice. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you record them and then I didn't know listen if there was to like yourself? A British tone that you like, or, oh. you know, or <laughs> a sexy sort of so, sexy Australian. Female. Yeah, female Australian. I don't know. No, I, it's funny. You know, I've listened to men. I've listened to women. I'd almost by instinct say, oh, I'd want a woman's voice, but I've also loved male voices too. And there's different styles of yoga nidra. And mine is a little different than some of the other ones out there. I'm trained in a couple of different traditions, but you know, what I've created is, you know, just a, a compilation of what feels true, what feels right from what I've been guiding women in for the last decade. Awesome. You know? and so what do you see now? I mean, what's your vision helping women and also great men become more rested? Like what happens in someone's life when they give themselves permission to rest? Well, you know, we talked about inflammation, we talked about insomnia, but like on a grander, you know, in a bigger way. Yeah. You know, in a bigger way, people wake up to a lot in their lives. They just start waking up. And when you wake up, you honestly, one of the first program, and this was really new to me, Yoga Nidra. And I, again, I ran this nap quest for moms and one woman after the 40 days, she said, I'm divorcing my husband. And I was like, oh my God, you know, again, I didn't even think through what are the, you know, I was thinking everyone's going to 
feel rested in their bodies. And she tells me she's divorcing. And she said, thank you. That was the best thing I could have ever done. And it's been a long time coming. So I'm not saying, you know, you're going to take a yoga nidra nap and you're going to want to divorce your husband, but you begin to have more authentic conversations with people. Your relationships become more aligned with authenticity, again, a truth. So that honestly, the stuff that was not serving you is just no longer where you focus your time and your energy. And that's in your business. That's in your life. You know, you begin to really have clarity about how you're focusing your time and energy and your relationships become, you maybe have less relationships, but they become richer, mm-hmm. 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 you know? Yeah. Cool. That's beautiful. Well, Karen Brody, I dare to take your rest <laughs> challenge. Yes. I will dare to rest. I am. I, I love watching your Instagram about where you nap and when you're napping and your nap <laughs> caves and then your, your inspiration for nap caves. And so also please do, is your Instagram Karen Brody or is it daring to rest? I think it's, well, it's Karen underscore Brody, something like okay. that. There's another Karen Brody. She's like a sex therapist or something. So I'm not that Karen Brody. But I I just want to recommend people follow you at Karen underscore Brody on Instagram as well, just for yoga nidra inspiration. And people should find you at daringtorest.com, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go over there. That's the, you know, that's the hub. That's the community. Uh, Well, thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for sharing it with us, both the birth piece and the rest piece. Mm, Uh, You're doing great things for the world. And I'm so grateful to know you. And I'm totally going to dive into Yoga Nidra even more than I already have, which has been just like the slightest scratching of the surface i'm do the 40 day program in january yeah. start the new year when's yeah. the baby when's your when's the baby due she's in the due april 2nd oh, so good. i'll be yeah. starting my third trimester i can't think of a better time yes to do the winter hibernation yeah it's perfect so i'll be there i'm in and people can get on my Instagram, there's a little profile. They can get a free rest cave guide. Oh, oh great. We can put it in the show notes, even a link. Let's put it in the show notes. Let's yeah, because, because a free can, rest you, cave guide. You start setting up your own rest cave in your home. It really like marking your turf. It's important. Okay. Otherwise, you know, we go, yeah, where am I going to go and nap? I, a lot of people don't have a space. Well, why don't we, why don't we set that up at katenorthrop.com forward slash rest? Sounds good. So we'll make that happen. So go to katenorthup.com forward slash rest and you will get your free nap cave guide. Rest Rest cave guide. Yeah. Okay, good. We'll make that happen. Okay. Okay. Do you have a final question? Um, Yeah. First off, how can I do yoga nidra with my daughter? Well, that's a great question. Past like five. I know. She she wakes up at like four in the morning a lot and she's ready for the day. Uh, You know, that was my first. Really? uh, yeah, my son Jacob. Oh, oh gosh. Man. It's a tough one. You know, uh, well, we eventually, I mean, this is nothing to do with yoga nidra. We put a little, <laughs> I mean, when they can read numbers, we, oh, yeah, we, 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 we covered the minutes and we just told him when he sees the six, he can get out of bed. And he banged How on the door many, that? many nights before. How old Whoa. do you think that is? You know, we could teach Penelope to do that now. Between two and three, usually. Oh, I, every kid is yeah. different. Okay, that could happen this year. If they know numbers, if they know their numbers. She knows our number. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I get it. No, no, no. I didn't. Honestly, I'm in my house. I'm 
even shocked now, my boys are 16 and 18. And really, when the house, like no one's up at seven, I'm like, oh my gosh, is this real? Because so many years we went with, you know, my, Jacob was yeah between four and 5 a.m. around that age too. It's I trained so- him to look at the numbers. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm we can do, do that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a little parenting tip that honestly, people have wanted me to like, kind of send it out to more people. So now people can know this tip. It works a lot. Friends of mine have done it with their kids and it, it really, once they know their numbers, they have to know their numbers. Yeah. All right. She knows. And then it's like a game for them. Then they wait right. for the six and then they run and get run. you right when the six yep. comes because they know. From now on, all we're doing is teaching Penelope numbers from this point out. <laughs> Reading books first, only can we numbers. do first potty training and then staying in bed until six? No. Okay. Or <laughs> the opposite. How about, yeah, you can just get up with her every morning and then we'll work on the potty Once training. I have the baby, I'll be up anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one of the things is we stopped getting up with him, but when he knew his numbers, he had to basically stay. It's a complicated one. But what yeah. I will say, some everyone has different kids. I mean, I've never had a kid that at two, three could lay down and do toddlers. Rarely you can have them do yoga nidra meditation with you. What I did is somewhere around my younger son who was home with me, he was really dreamy compared to the older son, you know, he actually napped and he really, he understood bedtime, like instinctively, but he also, he would come in at the end of yoga nidra. I would tell him, you know, after it was over, I'd call him in and he loved to ring the bell and Mm. he started getting used to, I had a singing bowl there and he would ring a bell. And then in the beginning, he would ring a bell and then he knew he had to go out. And then I would call him at the end to come in and ring the bell again. So then he knew mommy was done. And the bell was like the beginning and the end. And so in in the middle, he wasn't allowed to get me. And then he started lying down with me probably around three and a half. And he loved it. I get moms calling me, not calling, emailing me all the time that they're doing. Actually, a woman just told me a four-year-old. He says, can we go to sleep with Karen tonight? (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving with your son. (laughs) And she said, she said every single night they do the restore series on my website. They do her, her and her son and they do it as their bedtime little thing together. And he's five. So, you know, it depends on the kid, really depends on the kid. But I have a mom whose son goes to his basketball practice listening to Yoga Nidra on the bus. She told me, yeah, yeah, he's 13. She said, oh, he's always rocking the Yoga Nidra on the bus going to basketball. He's 6'2 now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, maybe he'll be an NBA player with Yoga Nidra. Get your stuff ready, Karen. He's going to be playing an NBA one day. And he's like, how do you get your game started? Well, I listen to Yoga Nidra by Karen Brody. Oh, my gosh. There you go. Cool. All right. So thank you again. This was such a pleasure. I will see you for the 40-Day Daring to Rest Challenge starting January 8th. Go to katenorthup.com forward slash rest and get your napping guide. And thank you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you both. This so is fun. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Do you feel overwhelmed and like there's way too much on your plate and like you just can never get anything done? I have an invitation for you. In January, I'm inviting you to spend 14 days with me during the Do Less experiment. This is a 14-day experiment where we're going to see what will happen if for 14 days in tiny ways each day, we do less. We take little things off your plate to create more space for what truly matters. 
All you need to do to join us is go to thedolessexperiment.com, sign up for free, and I will see you in January for spaciousness, ease, and doing less. The do less experiment.com.